0: My name is Brian Delaney, and thank you for joining me on this episode of Road Safety at Rush Hour. This podcast is presented by the Roadway Safety Foundation, a national nonprofit organization dedicated to reducing the frequency and severity of motor vehicle crashes, injuries, and fatalities through improvements to roadway systems and their environment. On this episode, we will be discussing smart work zone technology and how real time data on traffic flow can help ensure work zones are safe and efficient. I am very excited to have my friend Brady Markel of StreetSmart, the nation's most trusted resource partner for specialized traffic safety equipment and smart work zone implementation. Brady, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Hey, Brian. Yeah, thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Looking forward to the discussion.
0: Absolutely. So I want to talk first about what are smart work zones. So smart work zones are, are something that a lot of people are interested in learning a little bit about and uh, understanding. Brady, I know you guys are the leaders in uh, smart work zone technology and uh, the traffic safety equipment that goes into work zones. So can you talk a little bit about what these work zones look like uh, in practice?
1: Yes, absolutely. So if you think of uh, the, the phrase smart work zones kind of as a, a pretty broad umbrella, uh, you might also have heard of them called intelligent work zones, kind of one in the same. So it's it's all about um, getting um, real-time information to motorists as they are approaching or navigating through a construction work zone out on the highway. Um, It's things like queue warning systems, zipper merges, dynamic lane merge, uh, variable speed limit systems, truck entering and exiting the highway, notification systems, uh, camera trailers that can integrate to existing DOT infrastructure, for example, to, to provide uh, kind of that real-time visual of what's happening in a work zone. All of those things, um, I guess, fall under that general smart work zone umbrella and um, love to tell you more about those here during our conversation today.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it's smart work zones. I think, you know, looking at work zone technology and how it's advancing uh, with a lot of the technology that is existing, there's a lot of conversation about smart infrastructure, connected infrastructure to vehicle to everything technology. And so uh, I was very excited to talk with you about smart work zones because. Work zone safety is something that's very important to the Roadway Safety Foundation. And according to data from the Federal Highway Administration, 671 fatal crashes occurred in work zones in 2018. And so safety in work zones is one of the most important considerations when establishing uh, a work zone site or a work zone area. And so I wanted to know, Brady, what can we do to help promote safer work zones? Right.
1: A couple things to think about there is, is one um, when projects are being scoped and budgeted uh, safety has to be at the forefront of those conversations Uh, too often we've seen the phone call come in you know we just had a fatality or a very serious injury on a site what can we add to the project now to make sure it never happens again you know had we had that conversation a year 18 months prior maybe that injury or fatality would have never happened so One is understanding what's available and in in making sure that safety is included from the very first discussion of the improved uh, project that that's gonna happen. Um, The second thing is just to understand what's available today. You know, everybody loves to talk about self-driving cars and kind of, uh, you know, the next great thing. We are all about, let's figure out how to improve the current conditions based on the technologies that are, are available today and that have been out there for years, um, you know, that are, are recognizing these safety enhancements um, all with the understanding that it's it's a very cost effective and easy solution to implement, right? You're not uh, blowing up the whole industry and, and creating all this, this new stuff at a um, very high dollar point. It's, um, you know, making sure we're involved on the front end and incorporating you know things like sensors and message boards into that work zone, just like you have concrete barrier barrels and cones. Uh, it should be part of that kind of standard offering within a work zone.
0: Right, and you mentioned sensors and message more uh, dynamic message boards. Can you talk about what what are some of the what's some of the smart work zone technology that's out there right now that your organization works with? What can we expect to see, and and how is that connected? Work zone technology communicating with each other to inform drivers
1: yep, good question so there's probably a pretty good chance everybody listening to this podcast has driven through a smart work zone and maybe not even you know understood how the things were working and how the messaging they were seeing was was being transmitted to them in real time, so at a very simple um, level we deploy sensors, usually uh, trailer mounted on solar powered trailers. So you're not having to worry about, you know, getting power uh, to that device because it may only be there for a month or two months or maybe even as short as a week. So we're putting sensors in the work zone and that's getting uh, vehicle data information. So um, the number of vehicles passing by at any given time, the average speeds. um, So there's kind of an algorithm or we call it logic behind the system so that If speeds equal X, then display message A, B, or C on the message board, which might be, you know, an eighth of a mile, half a mile, even, you know, we've had some projects where um, as far as 20 miles out where we can provide meaningful messaging. So it might be uh, as easy as caution, slow traffic ahead, or on that other scenario I gave you 20 miles out is it's, you know, Um, travel time for the next 20 miles exceeds three hours, which sounds horrible. So we're providing that information 20 miles out. So those motorists can take that maybe 20, 30 mile detour to avoid that three hour bumper to bumper, uh, situation that nobody enjoys.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and I think about some of the times that that I've driven. Um, you know, I'd spend some time out west, and you know, there there have been situations where I've been caught in work zones where tractor trailer truck, for example, is is having to navigate through the situation, and it can cause significant delays. And so, my thought and and our conversation, and why I was particularly interested in talking with you about that, is you know, with with, with that information, with this dynamic message board, with the connectivity of the sensors and the work zone, I'm, I would assume that this technology is significantly reducing delays. Like, for example, when a tractor trailer is entering into a work zone, and might cause delays. Ways that we can navigate traffic outside of the work zone, is that safe to say?
1: Absolutely. You know, with that alternate route messaging that I uh, provided the example of, you know, if you can take, use a percentage, 40 to 50% of that traffic, and you divert them to an alternate route well, obviously you have, you know, that fewer, uh, cars going through the work zone. It's less congested. It's safer for both the motorists and the workers. So yeah, you know, with, with just a handful of sensors, uh, dynamic message boards, we even do, um, trailer mounted like four by eight static signs with, with flashing lights on top of them saying, um, you know, basically if lights are activated, that means there's slower stops traffic ahead. So, um, and you had asked about you know, how they communicate. So a couple of different ways, uh, point-to-point radio communication, that's your most instant um, communication between sensors and signs. Uh, we use those in in areas that maybe don't have good uh, cellular signal, for example, or if it's a situation where there's maybe a, a blind uh, curve or even a bridge where um, you need that, uh, communication to be instant, you can't avoid the you know thirty to sixty second lag time sometimes seen in cellular communication. Um, so that's why the point to point radio piece is a, is a nice option.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And I think that you know I, mean, I, I was doing some research on smart work zones and that reliability of the work zone and then the real time information is is the most you know that's the key part in making sure that you know efficient travel is is promoted. I want to go back a little bit to that conversation about the fatalities that are existing in work zones right now. And I want to ask, how are smart work zones? Because I'm concerned, or I want to know, how do workers benefit from these situations? So how, how is this technology keeping the construction workers and those highway officials that are working on the roads safe?
1: Right. Yep. Good question. And to your point earlier, you know, about two people per day in the United States are losing their life within a work zone. And that is just absolutely unacceptable. And, and, and that's what gets our team out of bed literally every day is to help drive that number down. Um, in terms of how, how are these systems not just keeping the motorists informed and safe, but the, the contractor and uh, their employees that are working, you know, sometimes 12 to 18 inches away from traffic flying by at 70 miles an hour. A um, couple different ways. So, Obviously an informed motorist is a much safer motorist, right? So we're giving them, um, we're setting the expectation on what lies ahead, whether it's 20 miles ahead in that work zone, or a half a mile ahead, something's happening. And we need to, you know, almost hit them over the head with this information because static signs don't often do the trick. I mean, we've always seen, you know, work zone, fine, $300. Well. Well, after that metal signs been up for a week or two weeks and I drive by it every day, it's, it's no different than the billboard I ignore. <laughs> you know? So if we have a large message board, for example, that might be blank most of the day, or it says, you know, uh, construction, please drive carefully. Um, but then all of a sudden it's telling me, Hey, stop traffic ahead. That's pretty meaningful, you know, because it didn't say that this morning when I went by it. So um, obviously calming traffic through the work zone is gonna instantly create a a safer environment for uh, boots on the ground type contractors, even people running front end loaders and excavators. Um, You know, systems like variable speed limit systems. So the concept of when workers are present, we can take that speed limit and reduce it by a certain percentage, you know, uh, 60 miles an hour down to 45. Or we've even had it in projects where Maybe there's a a rainstorm coming or a snowstorm, and suddenly you have uh, three inches of standing water or six inches of brand new snow in that work zone that is, you know, not a lot of real estate in there with the concrete barrier and whatever else. We can slow that down uh, to 40 miles an hour using our variable speed limit signs. That is an instantly, you know, much more safe situation for everyone involved.
0: Right. And with speed being a major contributing factor to numerous crashes in and throughout the United States, uh, specifically in work zones, and that's, that's a massive risk for, for workers when, when, you know, if drivers are, are exceeding the speed limit, especially within a work zone where the speed might have been reduced based on the changing traffic patterns. And, um, you know, I, I know that your organization is based in the Midwest. And so within the Midwest, there's a lot of uh, rural roads and major highways and freeways and et cetera that, that traverse very, very far distances. And our organization, obviously based in Washington, D.C. in the city, I wanted to ask, how do these smart work zone systems differ in rural environments versus urban environments? Because we see that nearly 50% of crashes throughout the United States are happening on rural roads. And so is there a difference in the technology? Does it have to function differently when it's in either a rural versus urban environment?
1: Yep. Great question. And uh, to your point, yeah, we are headquartered in Minnesota, Um, started back about 21 years ago, but but we deploy these systems nationwide. And the, the thing, one of the characteristics of smart work zones is that the safety you are adding to that job site, it's not a cookie cutter approach. And so it's specific to that job, right? Just like the overall traffic management plan is specific to that project, so too is the smart work zone. There's no two smart work zones that are exactly the same. So whether you're in an urban environment um, or you know in the middle of nowhere in Missouri or Montana, um, the, the system that we can help design and, and deploy um, is specific to that job. So, you know, little things like in an urban environment maybe you can't get away with a full-size message board trailer so you got to use a a medium or even very small um, display for motorists little things like that can make all the difference in the world because most often those cars are only going you know 5 to 15 miles an hour versus out in those rural areas they're still cruising along at 70 plus so very very adaptable to uh, each each specific job and that's again a piece that is challenging but is exciting because we're ensuring um, that the highest um, volume of or degree of safety can be achieved throughout the entire duration of every job.
0: And that's a really great point. I think that we're keeping that in mind, adaptability of roads specifically now. I mean, with the COVID-19 pandemic that, that really started quite a few months ago, we saw a lot of roads become, or, or a lot of cities and urban environments, rural environments, et cetera, have to be have more adaptable roadways in the sense that there was more eating outdoors and people would have to, you know, they would close down roads specifically for pedestrians. And so, you know, you look at that and then you look at work zones. That's something that we experience all the time. And, and construction is continuously happening in different, in different areas of cities and in rural environments. And so having adaptable work zone technology to make sure that that reliable, consistent information is conveyed to drivers and workers as well helps to promote that safety aspect and make sure that both are safe.
1: Yep. One thing I might add, it kind of ties into what you're just talking about. You know, when, when people hear about solutions like this, uh, a couple of things come to mind. If they're out in those rural areas, maybe the common misconception is, well, it sounds great, but it's expensive and we don't have much of a budget. Smart work zones, what we've found um, cost usually on average um, from one half of 1% to 1% of the overall job cost. So in terms of the value it's adding and the overall project budget, it's it's basically a rounding error. But again, it goes back to being able to One, make sure safety is a concern and a focus, and two, how are we going to pay for this? Um, You need to have that identified going into the project planning and scoping phase. Um, So to your point earlier, I think it's something like 61% of all fatalities happened on non-interstate roadways. Um, I believe that was in 2017. So highlighting the need that, um, you know, in these, on these non-interstate projects, especially, Getting the devices we've talked about isn't as expensive or hard as people might make it seem.
0: Right, exactly. And I want to talk now a little bit about what is coming down the line. What is the future of smart work zone technology and safety? As we look forward, I know we talked a little bit about there's obviously this overarching buzz in the transportation community and really across the entire United States about AVs, autonomous vehicles and and connected technology connected infrastructure. What is the future looking like for for work zone safety technology, smart work zones in particular?
1: Yep. So in terms of smart work zones, our best guess is today. Um, less than 1% of all projects are using a smart work zone. So obviously there's this huge opportunity there for uh, DOTs and engineers to leverage lessons learned over these last, I'll call it 15 to 18 years about smart work zones and, and, and make it happen. I mean, we get at least probably two calls a week from some government official saying, we know we need to do something, but we don't know where to start, right? That's where working with someone like Street Smart or a different uh, smart work zone integrator, um, you're not starting from scratch, right? You're instantly getting best practices and we could literally have, you know, a smart work zone set up uh, by the end of today, if, you know, someone calls in and, and needed that equipment. So it's really that easy. Don't overthink it, um, talk to your peers. I mean, um, it, it gets to be a pretty small group of people across our industry once you really start figuring out who the decision makers are and influences so, so leverage each other. I mean, we're all kind of reaching toward that, you know, zero death goal. Um, no reason that if somebody wants to get started, they don't need to take a year to, to form a smart work zone planning committee. Um, you know, work with your resources. They're out there, they're willing to share best practices and information. Um, just get started and, and, and do something in terms of what's coming down the road. You hit it on the head. I mean, everybody loves to talk about self-driving cars. Um, The problem with self-driving cars is every time one of them crashes into concrete barrier or rear ends a car within a work zone, in my opinion, that conversation gets set back a couple of years. Now, there's billions of dollars getting thrown at self-driving cars from many different uh, automobile manufacturers and um, different technology companies. I can appreciate and respect that. Um, The devices that are out there today are all spitting out a common code that these self-driving cars are gonna be able to ingest. But again, I will highlight, when we make a lane shift on a major freeway, let's say six hours ago, in the middle of the night, how is that self-driving car gonna be able to figure out that the permanent uh, markings on the roadway are now ground off? There's some temporary uh, tape, if you will, to depict the um, center line and the fog line. And oh, by the way, we have a thousand feet of brand new concrete barrier that wasn't there seven hours ago, okay? That highlights the need for systems like we've discussed, message boards, uh, sensors, all that information in the work zone to visibly show something to that motorist that something's going on because there's a good chance that the screen inside that self-driving car uh, isn't gonna be able to show that and make the car react to that in time um, and, and, you know, we don't even want to think about what could happen if somebody truly has their hands off a steering wheel going through a work zone. It makes me cringe.
0: The smart work zone technology gives me a lot of hope in regards to that connectivity that exists within the smart work zone now, even before we have fully autonomous or even more autonomous vehicles than we have driving out there today. And I think that we are at the brink, the start of a technological advancement that will definitely be the norm going in. I know you mentioned that the smart work zones is relatively a new system within the last decade or so. And so now having that system go and interact with self-driving vehicles or connected infrastructure in hopes of eliminating the potential for crashes within an area where traffic patterns have changed and traffic flow is different. Uh, to accommodate the safety of workers, and then the work, obviously the road work that that needs to exist in that area. I want to ask one final question before we go, Brady, and and it has to connect with everything I think we talked about. Obviously, the focus on safety, connectivity and the smart work zones that, that are out in implementation right now, helping to make sure that drivers stay informed about changes in driving patterns, delays, and potential for changing lane patterns so that they can be adaptable in the, in the safest situation they can possibly be in. A final question that I want to ask is from your perspective, what does the future look like in general for road safety and infrastructure? With zero transportation fatalities, as, as both your organization and the Roadway safety foundation's goal what needs to happen going forward
1: yep um the the multi-million dollar question right brian
0: He's right <laughs> yeah. we love that we love the multi-million dollar yep. question
1: yep. <laughs> you know um i think the first thing is obviously just um making motorists more aware of of really what what their habits are uh as they're driving down the road um i i you know, find myself guilty of it. Sometimes I've gotten to the point where I turn my phone all the way off now and put it kind of in my center council, right? There's nothing more important that can't wait for 12 minutes until I get home or to the gas station. So one is just the, um, you know, increased awareness to the motoring public. Um, the, The second thing that really gives us a lot of hope is just the passion within our industry from manufacturers, organizations like yours, Uh, the automobile manufacturers, everybody's passion toward, you know, improving safety. And kind of like I hit on it before is let's not overthink things. Let's use um, products and technologies that are out there that are proven and um, make them more widely used across the nation. There's no reason that uh, um, one state, for example, is light years ahead of uh, a neighboring state in terms of adopting some of this technology when it's proven to reduce fatalities and serious injuries within the roadway. So um, that gives us a lot of excitement. Um, you know, the the increased uh, funding, I think from um, the government, again, keep that real time um, notification to the driver um, without always assuming it needs to get pushed to the vehicle or to their phone, right? So. Uh, permanent mount message signs, things like that, um, all kind of tie into a, a better experience for the motorist.
0: Absolutely. And Brady, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to have this conversation with me. I know we've talked before and I have a lot of friends in Minnesota and I'm glad to have one more friend and you here in, in Minnesota. And I thank you and Street Smart for the work that you're doing to keep our work zones safe and implementing technology that is advancing work zone safety and helping to reduce those fatalities in work zones. So I appreciate your insights into this conversation and this topic. It's so important and, and I really appreciate your time. Thank Thank you.
1: Awesome. Thanks again, Brian. It's been a pleasure.
0: So in closing, on behalf of the Roadway Safety Foundation, I would like to thank everyone for tuning in to this episode of our podcast series, Road Safety at Rush Hour. If you enjoyed the podcast and want to hear more, please follow us on Facebook and Twitter at the Roadway Safety Foundation and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcast network. As always, this is Brian Delaney signing off, wishing you safe travels all day and every day.